the idea of this podcast is kind of like to reframe everything. Mm-hmm. As our God, uh, we owe him absolute worship. As our king, uh, we are citizens in his kingdom. He's our father that instructs us in righteousness. He's our friend. As it says in Proverbs, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There's major themes that start in Genesis. In the beginning, God creates the heavens mm-hmm. and the earth. The earth is formless and void. Darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moves over the waters. Mm-hmm. And God says, let there be light. What type of creation story is this? So uh, you're opening somebody else's mail. Yeah. 42 rule, right? Yeah. It's for you, but not to you. Mm-hmm. If you're reading a comic, you don't put it the same weight. If you're reading like a legal document, mm-hmm. you're getting sued about something, yeah. right? So you have to understand them in the their own context and so we have to understand the text as an ancient mm-hmm. israelite would understand the text otherwise we're just we're, we're practicing anachronism mm-hmm. and on the seventh day that's the climax of the story right it's not the six days of creation it's the seven days of creation in which this deity is now going to take up his rulership that's what the rest meant at that time because he's ordered the cosmos habitable for beings that he wants to have a relationship they don't have a physics view of the universe right they have a theological view what is this garden of eden thing right so what it ends up being is like the nexus point the place where heavens meet the earth where where yahweh the god of israel is governing both Mm -hmm. domains this is what's going to emerge like the divine order Mm -hmm. right so and if you want to be on yahweh's team Mm -hmm. then you might want to uphold the order that mm-hmm. he originally put there which is why today you're seeing this yeah. blending of all yeah. of the orders you're either found underneath Adam unto death or you're found underneath Jesus Christ unto life if in the end times you believe that there's going to be this uh, one world government this mm-hmm. one world religion this one world currency and it's all going to be kind of controlled by this character known as the Antichrist um, just how is this system built is like this this guy's not going to just get dropped in right and, and and everybody all of a sudden just pay homage to him for no no real reason and so to detail how that system is actually set up what that system would look like what 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 are the details that you should look for uh, from from two different perspectives from uh, the biblical perspective and from like um the secular perspective. So, um, and in that we've separated it based on, you know, that's how, that's why we separate mm-hmm. the podcast. So we can follow, uh, the, a clear new world order concept, not just going back to Cesar Rhodes and the Rhodes Milner group and the Rockefeller consortium and all that. Cause that's it, surface level at this point, right? It yeah. is. And, and mm-hmm. I think people are going to, they're going to start getting tired of hearing mm-hmm. that same thing over yeah. again. Oh, it's thesis, antithesis. And the further framework. back we go, the more it answers the question, like who and why and what yeah. to do type of thing. Right. Cause <laughs> yeah. usually when you're new to all this thing, everything kind of hit you because you go from the level of, well, nobody would really do this. Nobody's really that evil. Uh, and then you go like, okay, why would somebody do this? Yeah. Why, is, why are people so evil? Right? And, then, and then the yeah. usual thing is it, it's about money. Yeah. Right? And so when mm-hmm. you see that, no, money is such, uh, money at this level becomes such a small piece, right? Because they they would be the owners of money. They're just using money yeah, as a tool. Exactly. To, to, what I like to say, they print tool. money. Now yeah, what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if they literally can print your money, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole American system is working, not to get Savilan over yeah, here right, real yeah, quick, yeah. but imagine you print a paper yeah. and then you give it to another nation to get resources from them. Yes. That's the whole idea of like the petrol dollar and all that stuff, right? right yeah. That's a really good deal for America. That's, I don't think that's such yeah. a good deal for anybody for else. It to be the base currency. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, <laughs> for a commodity that we won't control, right? exactly. So, yeah. Unless we buy warfare uh-huh. go over there and, and buy, you know, the corporatocracy, yeah. we put our our corporations over there who suck the oil yeah. on the ground, right? So <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so the that's on the like the secular thing. Yeah. So even in the secular strain, you can go all the way back to like ancient Sumer, mm-hmm. ancient Ugar, through um, uh, the kings of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, because what you're going to follow is this what's known as the divine right of kings. Yeah. 
And so there's usually some secret occult knowledge that's passed down by an, uh, either an anointed or um, an initiated priesthood. And so, and then they determine the next set of rulers that the, the populace gets to elect. And we mentioned before that, you know, you, you may have an elected official, but mm-hmm. you've never selected one. So the, these ideas are there. They go way back. And so it, which gives both podcasts the ability to kind of like, you know, traverse the timeline. Um, and, and not get stuck in any one era. And so um, kind of like w- w- with what we're doing here. So um, I-, I guess the the overarching theme for God, King, Father, Friend is to tell like the complete biblical story kind of like from end to end and see that there is like this um, psychological war. And in this psychological war, again, there's two separate threads, right? And so uh, we want to detail the the biblical narrative for that psychological war. And it kind of goes back to, you know, um, the God of Israel being the most high God who then divides the nations at the Tower of Babel. Uh, those, the, the, and he places the sons of God over those nations. And then the sons of God, um, they become hostile and they become uh, what later is going to be known as the gods of the nations. And so that's going to frame your entire Old Testament as Yahweh and his people versus the fallen sons of God and their people. And, their people, yeah. and so going forward on the timeline, um, you, th- these are all the precursors for how you're going to get, you know, the nations of the world will, they're not going to stay separate. What are they going to do? They're going to come back together. Mm-hmm. And so now this the is the whole idea of this, like you can, you hear now unity and all that stuff. We have to get together. We have well, to do this and all that stuff. United that, Nations. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> I don't want to go back to uh, COVID, but we started hearing that a lot more when, since COVID started, we're uh, yeah. all in this together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Only together we can beat this and yeah. all that stuff. Right? You, you get, th- there's a lot of togetherness. There's a lot of solid solidarity there's a lot of like ecumenical movement stuff and you know so the separation becomes kind of like this new common evil right where everybody has to come together and kind yes. of to beat that right yes yes and so to do that you got to create a common enemy and mm-hmm. the virus was the common enemy to bring everybody together um and, and so this is classic not to be you know the <laughs> dead horse but classic thesis antithesis this yeah. is frameworks to bring about problem reaction solution scenarios mm-hmm. And so in, in a two-phase Fabianistic revolution, and so uh, in, in Civilian, we're, we're going to cover um, how revolutions were used to, to bring about certain eras in history. And so how revolutions are going to you know play an important role in the end, like you would hear the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. That's to bring about the end of the middle class, right? Because the first or, or the Industrial Revolution gave that, rise then, to the middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution will be the death knell to the middle class, bringing us back under the feudalistic system. And so when we ask the question, um, uh, it, it, it's the new world order, but whose new world order is it? That mm-hmm. That's going to be the key component. And that's going to, where there's, imagine like a ladder or, or you know, you have you know, both both uh, legs of the ladder, you have the rungs in between. The, there's a lot of connectivity or a lot of connection points mm-hmm. in between uh, both of those narratives. Even if you trace them separately, you're going to end up getting to the same result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you said ladder, but the image that came to mind was like the the DNA helix yeah, thing, right? So yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> I don't know why that's the first well, thing popped in my know, head. It's yeah. interesting that you would say that, or is it because you know, if if we follow that type of idea, right? So 
Um, that's Genesis 6-4, right? The sons of God and the daughters of men, they bore offspring unto them, which produced the great warriors of old. The men are renowned known as the Nephilim, that were the giant clans. And the giant clans get wiped out partially in the flood. And then, you know, after the flood, um, they're killed under the conquest of Moses and Joshua, right? Known as the conquest narratives. And so finally, uh, the, the, the last one's kind of conquered by David the second king of Israel who who kills a Goliath right and mm-hmm. so and then you get the you know Goliath's brothers finally slain and that's kind of like the end of the giant clans and with, with that whole idea when you know Matthew 24 where Jesus says as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be when the son of man returns uh, well what was going on in those days of Noah you had this hybridization that was taking mm-hmm. place the sons of God and the daughters of man their offspring and um, that's a whole bunch of Enochian stuff. That's first. Uh, that's known as the first uh, book of Enoch. So you have Enoch one through I think it's thirty six, um, where it gives that entire backstory of Genesis six four. Mm-hmm. And so this idea of like hybridization and transhumanism, and, mm-hmm. and now today you have mankind trying to merge themselves with technology to live longer. Yeah. To, I mean, we watched the uh, the I think he's the advisor to Klaus Schwab, right? The whole human hacking and all that yeah, idea yeah, of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, which is, I think it would be under God, King, Father, Friend, too, because so God creates you and you are you, your own sovereign being and stuff yeah. like that. But the talks they're having right now is that they will be able to download you somewhere too and have the rights yeah. to... Uh, yeah. Uh, to you pretty much yeah. right or at least to the data that is you right right so so do you own the data that is you yeah right so you know if i have a copy of it is it my copy or is it yours right so do you have any intellectual property rights to it that that type of idea mm-hmm. right so um and your memories who, who's uh, who, do you own your memories or you know so you get this high idea of like privacy was a big deal when the internet first popped yeah. on the scene so you had all these intellectual property right um problems that pop up and so People, when you look at this stuff, you go, hey, if we're going to merge with technology, um, who owns the technology? Mm-hmm. You have all this mRNA stuff that changes, you know, the, the genome. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, GMO foods, yeah. GMO trees. Because uh, the idea is uh, you can't patent something that's in nature, right? <laughs> or that, that is something that's so weaponized or whatever. But if they if they somehow get to do that, then they can patent yeah. it and then they can be the only ones. As that, they you know, say, you'll own nothing and be happy. happy. So, yeah. so, because it's not a question of them asking you, do you want to give up your rights? Yeah, this is a statement. This is just saying yes. what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> yes. they, Be- before they used to foreshadow them through movies and stuff like that. <laughs> now they're like, no need. <laughs> Listen, this is what's going to yeah, happen. This is what we're going to do. You'll yeah. own nothing and you'll be happy, uh-huh. right? So um, before, let's say this, you know, this aspect of uh, what we want to cover here. So you get like... Um, uh, the God King Father Friend uh, concept in this podcast, we want to bring about like the worldview in which we see the world, right? So civilian is kind of like how we look at um, the political stuff from a secular mm-hmm. perspective. God King Father Friend is kind of how we uh, see see things through the biblical perspective and and in the background, like you know when we think about it, it's it's one thing going forward, right? So, um, but the audience um, may or may not like those two things blended, so we, we just created separate uh, podcasts to have both mm-hmm. threads going forward. So, but it really. Does describes is what's known as like the tale between two kingdoms right the kingdom of, of light versus the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of god versus the kingdom of evil things like that so in other words you get this idea of like um uh yes you'll have like uh this new world order and yes it will culminate in you know some type of like a feudalistic society where everything's controlled by either ai algorithms and and um 
uh, some type of like uh, machinery or robots. And uh, yes, uh, you can kind of merge yourself with technology. And yes, you can you can do all these things. But what is the underlying ideology? Uh, and that can kind of trace us back to like um, there's a, a couple ideas that kind of kind of hook into history. And so in the God King Father Friend aspect, it would be this idea of like you shall be as gods. Right. So that was the original lie that was told mm-hmm. to, uh, to Eve by the serpent. And so. Um, you know, you look at this idea of like, um, what, what was what was the idea that was being conveyed? Yeah. That that you know, is is it really that you're uh, you're going to become like an Elohim? Mm-hmm. And and by the way, yeah, Elohim, that was the question that I asked, right? So when they mean like gods in right. pl- plural, they don't talk about the Most High. They right, talk yeah. about like them, the Elohim, <laughs> right? Yeah, which is uh, w- what's the meaning of the Elohim? Yeah, so uh, an Elohim is a Hebrew term that simply means uh, a spirit being that mm-hmm. lives in the spirit world. And so um, when you look at the usage of it in, in Genesis, uh, you say, uh, you shall be as gods. Well, you know, um, clearly, um, if you're taking a modern view of that text, you say, wait a minute, uh, this is a serpent talking. Yeah. So it's a talking snake. Yeah, of course. And a talking snake somehow knows what being uh-huh. like God is like. Yeah. And so without unpacking all that stuff, mm-hmm. the story is kind of like um, it's kind of hidden to you or you're mm-hmm. kind of like 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 um, you know, deliberately cut off because, yeah. simply because you're not in the audience of a, of a first or, or an ancient Israelite. Yeah. And so to get to, to what that stuff meant takes a little bit of unpacking. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at, you know, the the serpentine language, right? So that's Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than all the living creatures the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, you know, and, and so now you're going to get this conversation and Eve is not freaked out. That, mm-hmm. You know, hey, this is There's a snake. snake. Yeah, the yeah. talking snake. Yeah. And so so later on you get, you know, apologists, people that try to you know, make sense of that story mm-hmm. from a 21st century. You're like, okay, before snakes used to have legs and yeah, now and the they, time, yeah. they don't. Right? When they get their curse, then now they have to, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so all of that stuff is highly problematic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And so and rightfully so because, um, like we said before, if you if you've put uh, a lot of time and effort and a lot of spilled ink over expounding that view, then you know um, you're on the hook to defend it. And yeah. defending that in light of kind of like what we know now about um, <laughs> what the text is actually saying had nothing to do with mm-hmm. like snakes having legs before, or, you know, that type of idea. So, you know, what you get is this this divine being motif. If it's, if it's serpent, it's a triple entendre. Mm-hmm. You go, well, why? Well, the term that's used is hanakash, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, what is that, right? So, oh, if I translate it as a noun, it's a serpent. If I translate it as an adjective, what does it mean? Oh, it's shining or brazen. It's it's brazen in appearance. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's luminous. It's shining. Right, mm-hmm. and if I translate something it, that illuminates, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I translate it as a verb, oh, that's a diviner, somebody who imparts divine yeah. knowledge. Oh, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Oh, you're going to take some some information from the divine world, the mm-hmm. spirit world, and you're going to impart it to unauthorized yeah. to somebody. Else. And we already know they are beings, right? So men are being created in our own image, right? After our own likeness yeah, and all yeah. that stuff too. So that's Genesis one uh-huh. yeah. yeah. So we know that the beings exist, right? Uh-huh. And then later on, we see that those beings are being placed over the nature and all that stuff too yeah, right so yeah. that it kind of follows the idea perfectly you yeah. know uh, somehow when it comes to that they're like oh see there you go the one god and that's it you know yeah so i mean it, we'll, we'll talk about you know there's, there's different ideas like monotheism mm-hmm. uh, monotheism henotheism uh, polytheism so polytheism there's a whole bunch of gods henotheism there's a whole bunch of gods and one supreme god monotheism there's only one god and so you get this idea of like um uh, people want to say that uh, um 
you know, uh, Christianity or Judaism is monotheistic. You mm-hmm. know, th- well, that's it, it's true. Um, and but it depends on how you're using the terms, yeah. right? So imagine if you say like, because um, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of statements that are, are about Yahweh, and, and so Yahweh is an Elohim, but no other Elohim is Yahweh. Elohim just means a spirit being spirit that being, lives yeah. in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So um, if you were to ask Moses, "Hey Moses, are there other Elohim?" He's like, "Yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch of them. There's a whole entire spirit mm-hmm. world filled with spirit beings, right?" And you go, "All, all of those are kind of like the same, right?" He's like, no, because yeah. yeah. there's only one Yahweh. There's only one being that's a personal be who's infinite who's omniscient omnipresent omnibenevolent all those omni mm-hmm. phrases he's only he's the only one that's eternal and he's the only one attributed with the creation of the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that in the mar and so now as you go through this stuff kind of like unpacking the terms mm-hmm. unpacking uh so the idea is like in so many too you get like a, a god takes his stand right? it's elohim yeah. takes his stand amongst the gods the other elohim yeah. he renders judgment right so well because uh, uh, because the pronoun is 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 he yeah. right so the first elohim you know, oh that's he's the one that's delivering judgment to the mm-hmm. other elohim so and you can't be in the midst of one so yeah. there's this one elohim that's judging these other elohim that now um for some some thing that they're doing wrong they're 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 kind of like um misadministering the nations right and so at the end of that that passage it says rise up yahweh take back the nations uh, and it's a reference to Deuteronomy 32, right? So when the Most High divided the nations, when did he do that? He divided them at the Tower mm-hmm. of Babel, right? So um, uh, he set their borders and boundaries according to the, the number of the sons of God. So you go, okay, from from that aspect, you have uh, the Most High guy, who is it's not a brain teaser, that's Yahweh. And what did he do? He, at the Tower of Babel, divides the nations, and he places the sons of God over the nations. And, well, who are these characters, right? So this is kind of like jumping into the kind of the, the stuff that we have kind mm-hmm. of prepared to talk about. And so um, to, to kind of like rewind before we get there, because there's a whole, yeah, a whole, yeah. whole lot of backstory mm-hmm. that, that needs to be told before we get into that aspect of it, because... Um, it, people are going to freak out when they hear like, you know, in Heiser uh, already done like an excellent job of going through all this stuff, him and, um, John Walton as well. And so, um, when you go through these, these phrases, the, you know, you're going to get this idea of the, the divine council. You're going to get these, the, the idea of the sons of God that are placed over the nations. You get like this divine assembly aspect. And these guys are kind of partnering with Yahweh to make decisions over the affairs of men. These guys are carrying out judgment so that the, the, that men may know that this, the most high that governs mm-hmm. the affairs of men. You, you get all this language that's used and, and kind of that stuff has been off the table. Like in, in, in Christianity, I would say for the, for a good portion of uh, mm-hmm. the timeline, these things have kind of like been uh, under the radar. Maybe we'll later on we'll get into why that is too, right? Yeah, and and so I mean I think there's a there's a real there's a real good reason we yeah. you know yeah, which <laughs> when was it in 1999 when the 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 everything was signed too so now you know the unity in the whole uh, church aspect of it too yeah right? see so um, even even way before that so I would say way before that so you would have so right now you have like you know the the joint declaration is probably what you're referring to but um, uh, way before that you had this idea of like. Um, um, this stuff is kind of like, uh, especially when you talk about like the spirit world, like who's there, what do these mm-hmm, guys mm-hmm. do, who are they? And for, you know, I would say for, for most people, it's just God, angels, demon, and Satan. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it, right? That's the end of the cast. Angels of have wings, demons have tails <laughs> and horns, and you know. <laughs> None of which is true. Yeah. All of it's false, uh-huh. right? So, and, and that's that's the Hollywood version yeah. of, of all of this. It's like a caricature. Uh-huh. It's interesting you said Hollywood too. So, 
looking through like the civilian point of view, you said there's like two aspects, right? So the occult religions and stuff, and stuff like that seems like now some of that aspect of like, oh, all these people like worship some kind of, uh, they have these secret rituals and all that stuff. It's kind of in yeah. the mainstream now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with the help of like Alex Jones and all that stuff too. Now some people are getting caught with all these like uh, <laughs> child molesters, islands and everything yeah. and stuff like that too. Some emails being leaked about, you know, sacrificing to Moloch and all that yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, that's coming into the mainstream too. Uh, but we don't know if it's also by design or not. You know, are you trying to muddy the waters? Uh, you know, what, what's uh, happening there? That's a lot of both, right? Yeah. So, so a, I don't think you know um, they have to be as careful anymore. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> yeah, so that's a good point. It's kind of like you know now you know you have more references by by more people about the new world order, right? So you had just Biden recently saying mm-hmm. you know like oh you know we have to we have to we have to get to the new world order, right? Yeah. So. And then, yeah, the whole talks in Australia and all that stuff too. The, I forgot the lady. What is she? Uh, the new world order. Oh the, yeah, yeah. That's just I keep, I yeah, I keep forgetting the, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the idea is we hear it everywhere, right? Yeah. So uh, we're never going back to the uh, the old way of life. There's mm-hmm. a new world order. After these things are gonna change and all that stuff, right? Yeah. We so, also heard Biden talk about you know we're looking into autocracy instead of the democracy because yeah. it's kind of hard to make decisions when it comes. to to emergencies yeah. and all that stuff too. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, all of that stuff is going to come full circle. There's, you know, there's going to continue to be this, um, this ramping up. And, and, and when you look at kind of like um, the United Nations taking more of a prominent role in, in, in the media and in, in debunking websites that are like standard guys that do all the, <laughs> that do all the fact checking and yeah. stuff. Like, and so you, you you get all of this like oh you know there, there's when you look at the United Nations there's nothing to see here right so um, and these guys are just peacekeeping or, or, yeah. or, or just a peacekeeping organization is trying to keep us from going to all these different wars even though we have more wars under the United Nations than anybody else. Um, but what they 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 what they're not going to tell you is that this is the infrastructure for um, this global governance mm-hmm. thing. So and everything is in steps, right? So they're going to do you know they already had the World Federation of Nations. There's like a, a Humanist Manifesto one and two uh, for the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Um, and then there's all these uh, organizations that parry or um, replace the. Uh, organizations within a, a, mm-hmm. a nation state, yeah. right? And so, on uh, civilian, we'll talk about how you know the, they're going to make this progress, and it's a very deliberate, uh, well thought out process under Agenda Twenty One, mm-hmm. then Agenda Twenty Thirty, Agenda Twenty Fifty, um, and you get this progression as you mentioned before. You know, kind of things kind of come back to COVID, it's like so as COVID uh, has got everybody used to like all this lockdown and mm-hmm. stuff, and all these new laws that get passed, and then this track and trace stuff kind of hits like in full force and um uh well that guy that's going to shift into the you know as cnn the correspondent said the next thing for us is climate change right so climate lockdowns Mm -hmm. you have this person that was diagnosed with climate change Mm -hmm. and so that that's going to dovetail into canada right yeah that's going to dovetail into to sunday law yeah and so and that uh, historically known as the blue laws here within the united Mm -hmm. states and so um, all of this, these are just like steps moving forward. They're inching their way. And, and that approach is a Fabianistic tactic, yeah. right? By peace and politics, stealth and secrecy. Everything is it's kind of like, you know, um, 
if you're not paying attention, if you're not keeping your finger on the pulse, things just seem like they're happening. Yeah. Like, oh, when did this take place? But, you know, you can trace the history of it, right? It's kind of like, you know, uh, we sent a friend of ours that, that list of movies, yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, you know, here's 50 movies that primed you to think about. Starting, like, in yeah. the early 90s, you know? Yeah, yeah. They, I'm ha- sure they, have, they have every single detail that you find yeah. in the, the whole COVID narrative, right? So, and it's just, it's just that. It's just mm-hmm. the narrative. And so now you have, you know, the loss of taste and smell in these movies you have yeah. all the, the same things that uh, people masking up and all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we can kind of go through uh, some of the stuff that we have prepared mm-hmm. right? so we can say um, for those that are kind of watching uh, we have some notes that we can kind of go through we'll talk them kind of explain each like a bullet point mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. so and so we look at uh, a, a, the worldview that we see things through so the, the secular idea of the new world order is the civilian podcast yeah right? so we see definitely a new world order that's taking mm-hmm, place there mm-hmm. On the flip side, on the God King Father Friend side, that new world order is the Antichrist system yeah. that's being set up right before our very eyes. And so, again, the Antichrist isn't just going to pop up on the scene and everybody go, yeah, you're the Antichrist. Let's all like pay homage to you. That's not you're the old Antichrist I've been hearing about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, we've been hearing about this guy for so long. Yeah. Finally, you're here. Now we can, will you please make one yeah. world government, one uh-huh. world currency? <laughs> Hurry up already, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you get this idea of like, um, uh, the description of two kingdoms, right? So uh, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Yahweh versus the kingdom of, of darkness. And so um, these ideas are kind of like uh, major themes that run throughout the, the Old and the New Testament, which is why they're, you know, they're important, why we kind of want to focus on them here. And so in other words, if the Antichrist character is to show up and rule in the end times, we would expect to see that kingdom being built kind of like a, and the example that we use is kind of like, if you've seen Star Wars, yeah. the, the half-built Death Star, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and, and the so, idea is still functional, but it's not yet complete. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not full, yet complete, complete yeah. right? So, um, and if that's the case, then, you know, God, King, Father, Friend details the New World Order from the biblical perspective. And so there's a lot of things that need to be uh, put in place if, like it says in Revelation, this person is going to cause everyone, small and great, rich and poor, male and female, free and bond, everybody, to receive this mark on their right hand or forehead. And you can't buy, sell, or trade unless you have the mark or the number mm-hmm. of the beast. And then the number is given uh, 666, right? Mm-hmm. So and that has its own history. Yeah. Beast language, beast terminology has its own history it's it's definitely old testament beast is um very important uh, concepts to understand because if you're reading it you think it's like a, a dragon that's yeah. popping up because the terms like dragon are used um and, and not knowing and, what uh, those refer to luckily hollywood already reimagined dragon f- dragons for us so yeah. we know what they look like yeah, you know yeah. did, right uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we end up but getting- it's interesting right so having all that they put all those ideas in your head so and then and then kind of in that fictional way. So right. if even if you're new and you want to go back to like, okay, I'm going to read, the, you know, some comes up, you're in a hardship. Usually that's when people turn yeah. to God, right? Maybe there is God. You start reading and you're like, okay, no, this is like, you know, yeah. let, let's put that away. Yeah, because yeah. it puts it in like fairy tale or, mm-hmm. or fantasy land. And especially in hard times, the last thing you want yeah. is a fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so which is a... a, a, a a good segue into a psychological operation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So we mentioned in the civilian podcast, they don't call them psyops anymore. They call them military information support operations or MISOs. And so uh, for our next uh, piece here, so uh, in, in view of this spiritual MISO uh, or spiritual psyop, you have this idea that the God of Israel is the true God. And so 
Well, then how, well, if that's the case, then how did the other nations get all of their gods? And so now you're getting into how the Old Testament is framed. And so all the other gods and goddesses are nothing other than like the fallen sons of God that are placed over the mm-hmm. nations at the Tower of Babel. And most people haven't, haven't, are not familiar with that concept by itself. And so you go, what do you mean the sons of God? I, mean, I thought Jesus is the yeah. son of God. I mean, what do you, how, do you, how are there multiple sons of God unless you're Mormon, right? So, um, you get this idea like um, you have to understand how the spirit world is architected. And uh, in, on that side, there's rank, there's file, there's tier. There's a, there's a reason why we have this phrase, as above, so, so below. below, right? Mm-hmm. So because there is a hierarchy there. And, and so now in the Old Testament, you know, they're referred to as uh, the gods of the nations. And why are they the gods of the nations? So... Um, because uh, there's there's something that specific happens when they take um, this leadership role, this administerial role over the nations that are assigned to them at Babel, and uh, well, what do they do? They they start they lead their populations in idolatry, basically yeah. in rebellion against they, Yahweh. They want the people to worship them now, yeah. right? And so it will. So what they're supposed to do is be. Uh, uh, kind of like um, the way that the, the, a priestly role is defined. They're supposed to mediate knowledge and access of mm-hmm. the true God. This is kind of going to get us on what Adam's role was in the garden, in yeah. sacred space, right? So, um, and all of this stuff is kind of coming up later. So um, we'll kind of keep keep it on task here before, because these these would be like a, the spoiler alert. So, um, so there's this great war that's that's going on between the divine realm um, that spills over into the human realm, and um, now you're going to have uh, beings that are also created in the image of God, human beings, um, having to ha- we're sandwiched in between this this great war, right? And so, and then this is how your Old Testament is framed: it's okay. Yahweh uh, uh, and His people versus the sons of God, who are known They're as people. the gods of mm-hmm. the nations. And their people. Well, what distinguishes the people of Yahweh? Those, as it says in First John, if you if you say that you know Him and you do not keep His commandments, then you are a liar, and the truth is not in you. So the people that follow Yahweh, who who are those people? If you want to identify it with being in the kingdom of light on Yahweh's team, then you must be. To say that you know him, you must be keeping his commands, should you not, right? Otherwise, you make the text out to be a lie, right? Mm-hmm. So so now as we go through, we'll see that, um, that we're kind of the ones that are sandwiched between this great war. Mm-hmm. And really, um, it, it's just uh, about choosing yeah. sides. And so uh, where does your your loyalty or your mm-hmm. allegiance lie? Yeah. So the there you see the importance of the idea that you you will be like gods, right? To give yeah. you that idea. Because then you're not, um, you don't have any authority and you're not answering to anybody. <laughs> Why would you do, you know, for, let's say, you know, oh, I'm a good person. I won't kill. I won't do all this stuff. But there's also other stuff, right? You can't last on. Well, you're like, okay, I'm not doing anything yeah. bad if I'm lasting. Yeah. So I, and then you decide for yourself that uh-huh. now, from now on, you know, I'm still a good person. I won't kill right, anybody. Yeah. I won't rob anybody. Yeah. I won't steal. I won't. So you'll, what you'll have is a do no harm policy. Exactly. And that becomes, a, 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 that's a law mm-hmm. into yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, here you are in the created world making laws that govern you, a yeah. creature. 
you're making yourself a sovereign mm-hmm. unto yourself. Where did yeah. you get the sovereignty from as a contingent created being? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, do, you don't have it, yeah. right? So, it's, so a, now, it's an assumed authority exactly. that you don't have. So uh, nowadays, let's say the serpent would be telling you, you're not really doing anything bad. Right, yeah. It's not bad. You're not harming anybody. Right. The generation that's being trained right now, mm-hmm. that would be a very good sell for them, right? Like under yeah. the do no harm, like, okay, you know, yeah. as long as it has nothing to do with me, probably, right? They, so, they'll start so somewhere that, there. That's all, you know, relativism, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, morality is relative to culture, culture, upbringing, upbringing, and, you know, whatever ideology your ancestors had. Yeah. And what's, you know, as uh, Jordan Maxwell would say, like uh, the law of the land, like, mm-hmm. so when you land on a land, like, hey, well, what's the law here, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. how am I supposed to act? What's acceptable? What's unacceptable, right? So, and in those things, you go, well, that's, that's you know contrary to you know something that's immutable like the law of god right yeah. so uh, and the law of god is to be it, the whole idea of it is that you think uh, based on being like this uh, quasi sovereign being that you esteem yourself to be by these by this small subset of like um, laws it's pretty clear it's kind of like the mirror when you look mm-hmm. in there you, you you straighten up your character when you look into uh, this law because this law it a is not going to change b it reflects the character and nature of mm-hmm. God and so if you're claiming that you're good without meeting this standard then you know that you're not really yeah. good right so you, you just have a, a profession of it you know real uh, substance. And so uh, that that stuff dovetails with like the next point right here mm-hmm. is because you, you get this idea like the enemies of Yahweh, the, the kingdom of darkness, mm-hmm. and those that identify with the fallen sons of God, which would be the gods of the nations, which would be uh, every religion on the in, in the world. So mm-hmm. that would come. You, you think about the the weight of what that means. Like, wait a minute. So you're saying that there's there's only one true God, mm-hmm. meaning, and that term is a little bit elusive, right? So you, so what you're saying is really that Yahweh is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and it's His order that we're to maintain. And that these guys that he placed over the nations as a judgment uh, after uh, the flood at the Tower of Babel. And he's just going to deal with this nation of Israel. And then Israel is supposed to reflect his nature and character to these nations and then produce this Messiah thing. Mm -hmm. And this Messiah that's supposed to be this divine man. He's 100% God, 100% man. This guy is supposed to undo all of this uh, undo all of this what? So you you have, you know, what we'll, we'll kind of characterize here is like all of these rebellions that take place. So you have the Nakash, the serpent that's in the garden. Uh, you have the fall of Adam, uh, male Mankind. and female version, right? So, th- which end up being these two priests, right? So uh, Adam and Eve. The, we know that Adam is not his name and Eve is not uh, her name mm-hmm. because uh, Hebrew second millennium BC and they're recounting a story that took place uh, long before that time. And so whatever their actual names were, the, they're, they're telling the story to recount um, how Yahweh dealt with mankind in the beginning. And so as mankind is driven from the presence of Yahweh, you get this idea of like, um, well, that we already got two rebellions down and we got some more rebellions to go. So now you get the transgression of the heavens and the earth, the sons of God and the daughters of man. They bore offspring unto them. That backstory is in the, the, the book of First Enoch 1 through 36. And then uh, this is the precursor for the flood. And so Noah is preserved, him and his um, family, so mm-hmm. eight people in total. And so you get the questions of, is the flood global or is it yeah. local? Because it says, you know, the, the Nephilim characters, they're going to come back on the scene with these giants. And these giants are then going to be killed off in subsequent wars under Moses and then Joshua. 
And so um, where were they this entire time to resurface? And, and Or was there a second incursion? Did the mm-hmm. sons of God take the daughters of men a second time? We don't mm-hmm. have that record, but there's speculation around yeah. that, right? So, um, and, and so now this is all, you, you get this huge backstory of rebellions that lead up to um, kind of like the last straw where, you know, you always like, okay, I'm going to, you know, he, he kind of, it started out with the Edenic mandate, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Take my good rule over uh, the world. And so the man and woman were supposed to partner together to go create basically many Edens throughout the world as they create offspring. Their offspring are taught. They, they mediate knowledge and access of the true God to their offspring and so forth. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that was the idea. And so, but that man, was the same thing, but the school does it for you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the state wants to do yeah. that actually because the state has somebody else that, yeah. and, and their own day. That like they you, would, we know you're too busy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so as, as we go through this thing, right? So you get, you know, the enemies of Yahweh are tempted to completely remove his rule, mm-hmm. any trace of anything that, that he called good yeah. in, in those seven days of creation. Mm-hmm. Notice it's the seven days of creation, right? So, and, and that's kind of going to get on the, the idea of like, what is actually going on in this Genesis 1 account? What is happening here? And you're going to get a whole bunch of these like major themes that mm-hmm. are going to get birthed into the text. And so, but before we get to there, we, there's some 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 backstory that still needs to be fulfilled. Right? So as we go through, so you know, what are these guys doing? They're turning the hearts of their populations uh, against uh, Yahweh and to them to make them more and more loyal to these fallen sons of God. Right? And so, and the reason why they would continue to do this is because in Psalm 82, this is you know when you mentioned Michael Heiser earlier, this is where these guys are actually judged. Right? So yeah. Yahweh takes his standard. It says. Elohim takes a stand in the, in the divine council. Amongst the gods, he renders judgment. How long will you unrighteously mm-hmm. rule the nations? And so, though I have called you the sons of God, that's a rank and file term. That's mm-hmm. the highest uh, rank in the spirit world. Yeah. Uh, though you will die like men and fall like you know, any prince, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's a death sentence. Yeah. And so, you get this so idea. So, is it kind of like he... He ascribes them a sin or something, right? So the the people that have seen the, the sin is the root of the evil and all that stuff, and you die type of thing, right? Right. So what what it, what it, what's happening is now. So everything is contingent upon Yahweh is the only one that has yeah. existence, right? And mm-hmm. so he imparts. This is this is going to kind of get us on the name theology, yeah. right? So. And, and, and so when we when we go through his name later, um, he, he, he is existence and he imparts it to his creation. These beings are created beings. As long as they are with him, just they have life. Mm-hmm. Just like we were in Eden. As yeah. long as we're with Yahweh, he is the source of life. He is the source of existence. And so if we're there, then we're alive. If yeah. we're cut off from him, we are doomed to die. And so that was mediate. That relationship was mediated through the tree of life, right? And so, and, and this is what the, the motif of a tree, the tree of life, is gonna is gonna follow throughout the text. Mm-hmm. It's gonna pop up again uh, in Revelation, where there's a new heavens and a new earth. And so these are these are major themes with major hooks. And so b- before we get there, there's more groundwork to be right. So so as we go through here, so uh, yeah, these guys are um, the reason why they're still hostile is because they have now this this death sentence. They're now doomed to die. And so, well, you know, they're, they're going to take basically as many of, of the, the earthly imagers mm-hmm. as they can yeah. with them. So. Um, they have already done this thing of like, um, you know, 
Yahweh's not the most high, it's, it, I'm the most high now, right? And so now, uh, is all these, uh, is their populations follow them under whatever banner of whatever religion it is, based on whatever philosoph uh, ph uh, philosophy or ideology, you get this idea of like, uh, their ship is sinking, yeah. <laughs> they're going to go down with it, and they're going to take as many um, of us, uh, yeah. so to speak, with them. Right? And so as you, you go through that type of story, you get this idea of like, uh, they're they're kind of like paying homage to like the original divine rebel, the the Hanakash, the the serpent god that's in the in the beginning, um, who seems to be the first one to rebel against Yahweh, yeah. right? And so uh, with the deception of Eve, and so as you go through that story, right, you you get this idea of like um, uh, what we'll cover later is like uh, you get uh, uh, chaos, non-order, order, and disorder. Mm -hmm. These are major themes that are going to pop up as well. So. Um, uh, you start off with this, you know, with non-existence. And, and so when you look at like Genesis 1, the Genesis 1 story is not telling you the story from non-existence to existence. It's telling you a story like um, basically when you guys are, it's ready for you guys to show up in this, this story, mm -hmm. then I'm going to start kind of like right there. But there's things that are already assumed yeah. to be there in the text, which is why the text is laid out like it is. Uh, but before we get there, yeah. So kind of like uh, you know, in a, let's say you're an actor in a theater. Somebody, the, the set is already there. You're gonna come and you have a role, right? Yeah. So you, you're given a role, exactly. and then you, you're gonna go and perform that role. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So so imagine like uh, if if you wanted to shoot a film, but you had to create a universe first. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean, I mean it's yeah. it's not telling that story. So it, it's already assuming that yeah. the set is mm -hmm. there, and now the actors are gonna jump on stage yeah. and they're gonna play out the roles. And so you got over the centuries, you have. Um, new phases of this this psycho the, the psychological warfare mm -hmm. have been playing themselves out so and and what we did was kind of go through and we grabbed a couple of phrases that we knew people would kind of know and and we put them in an order that kind of best represent the era of of, of the psyops right so if you break it down into different time pieces and so you get the first one is ye shall be as gods that yeah. comes straight from genesis right so uh, the second one is do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law people will recognize that from aliaster crowley right mm -hmm. so the self-proclaimed wickedest man alive or the wickedest man on, on the earth and so the third one would be as above so below the fourth one would be solve coagula dissolve and rebuild um the fifth one would be uh, order up cow order okay. out of chaos the next one would be phoenix arising out of the ashes the phoenix arises right uh, then the next one would be novus ordo seclarum the new order of okay. the ages mm -hmm. the next one would be anuit coeptus would he he favors our endeavors the next one would be e puberis unim out of many we're going to create this one and so it, when, when you go back over this, so if we were to repeat the same thing and, and provide like a small explanation mm -hmm, for each mm -hmm. one of these. So ye shall be as gods, become supernatural, right? Yeah. So because mankind was created non-supernatural, so they were spirit beings, but they were embodied, embodied yeah. right? So now you have an Elohim, a disembodied spirit being, and that story takes place there. It doesn't say that they're in the garden. Only the garden was ordered mm -hmm. as sacred space. Only the garden was this complete paradise, this place of perfection. So wherever this encounter takes place with Eve and the serpent, it wasn't in the yeah. garden, right? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, but I like how, you know, they try to mend 
to favor that thing that that's better, but they themselves want to get bodies, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this is the, seems like they know yeah. that this is the better one. You know? <laughs> so, so that that actually is is another theme that uh-huh. plays a prominent role because you know you get this idea of glorification. So. In, in the Christian life, you get this idea. First, you're justified before God, right, by what Jesus has done, right? He's this, he's the, the unblemished lamb on whom the sins of the world were placed. He redeems us. His death pays the penalty for our sin. His life is the righteousness that we're wrapped in. His resurrection guarantees because he lives, we too shall live, but bought with a great price. We're ransomed and redeemed back to God. And so the, the sin and death problem is taken care of. And so you go... Um, yeah, so what's the next phase of that? Well, sanctification. While you're still alive, you're made, um, you're transformed in the image of Jesus, who is the image, he is the perfect uh, image of God. He is the express image of God, as it says in the New Testament. So, and then what's the final stage of that? Well, it's glorification, right? So we reign and rule with him forever. And so, but wait a minute, it, sounds, it looks like Eve, she goes, well, I, I like what you're saying here, serpent guy, but... Uh, and I want it now. Uh, so we have, as it says, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, mm-hmm. nor has it entered the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Right. So um, it, it, this whole idea of like a taking of the apple, it gets in this idea of like you assume uh, sovereignty, autonomy, uh, wisdom. Uh, you assume all these things unto yourself. You become a, a God unto yourself. And and, and using the term God in that sense means like you, you're you're uh, assuming the or the role or the authority mm-hmm. of Yahweh, right? So because he is the source of life, he is the source of existence, he's the source of wisdom. When you try to live in his created world, but apart from him, then you're doomed to die. Yeah. You, you, and so the whole idea of trying to assume these things for yourself and kind of circumventing the things that he has planned for. This is where the problems come in. This is where it says sin is lurking, is creeping at the door, it's going to devour you, right? So, or it says about Satan, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may mm-hmm. devour. And so, but as we go back over these, you get, you shall be as gods, right? That's that's the first thing, right? So, and, and so this idea of becoming gods, becoming a, an Elohim, a spirit being that lives in the spirit world. And so you go, okay, what's so bad about that? Well, you know, like, <laughs> and this kind of gets us into Genesis 6, 4, because what they do there, the sons of God and the daughters of man, is called the transgression of the heavens and the earth. The order that Yahweh put in the beginning, that order needs to be maintained, and only he has the right, mm-hmm. the authority, to authorize any type of change to it, right? So if you have these unnatural blendings, it's interesting because you get these, um, the the demons later on are going to be called unclean spirits. And people mm. go, what do you mean? Unclean are like, they're dirty? dirty they're, yeah. Yeah. So, but no. So, so the With they're, cosmic dirt. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you get this idea of like unnatural or unauthorized mixtures these are these this is what that's lurking behind that term right Mm -hmm, so so these are mixtures that were never meant to be as the book of enoch says when these giants die and these giants give us give us the demons Mm -hmm. on the timeline because they're disembodied spirits and they seek re-embodiment and so they're called bastard spirits. They're called unclean spirits because they, they were never intended to exist. And Enoch says there's found no place in heaven. There's no place in the underworld. And so what do they do? They seek re-embodiment. And so 
the next piece of this, you know, do as you will shall be the whole of the law. So you assume authority to determine right and wrong for yourself mm-hmm. as though is that's something that we can actually do. Yeah. Right. So and this is why it's so funny that when you hear like all the moral relativists arguments. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, they all have uh, have certain uh, weaknesses to them because they're going to uh, at the end of the day, they're going to assume some authority and their authority yeah. is going to be themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it, and it always begs the question of why should we, <laughs> why should we care about yeah. your your specific definition of it, right? So, or, or better yet, why would we follow it, right? Um, and there's no real good answer to yeah. that, right? So, um, because we're all finite, we're all limited. Um, and uh, I don't have authority over you. You don't have authority over me. So we create this artificial thing um, and, and give it its power, kind of yeah. like uh, you, we give the power to the. I mean, most of them, they just start stealing from, you know, like the stuff that they like from when it comes to like Christianity and everything, yeah. right? So you yeah. see like this um, when uh, the standard of some kind of morality all of a sudden is like, where are you getting that from? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know where you're getting it from. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, so th- there's this like, um, you know, people would say, you know, and it's a it's a right criticism. People would say like, you know, you, you wouldn't need the, the Ten Commandments to, to know right from wrong, right? You would know not to kill your brother before you ever read, you know, the Ten Commandments, yeah. right? So uh, the, the question is, well, where does that come from, right? Yeah. So it's codified in the Ten Commandments is the idea. Like, so, so you know, in, in Romans, you get this idea that God has written it on the hearts of men and so that people that don't have the written law yeah. there without excuse and their conscience bears witness, right? So um, you go, well, where, do, where does that stuff originate? And so morality obviously wouldn't originate with the state, even though the state tries to legislate morality in certain senses, right? So, um, but that gets us to the, the third piece. Yeah. The third piece is as above, so, so below. And so that ties in, well, if, if the law of God, if, if these, these Ten Commandments that he has given us, if those actually reflect his nature and his character as if he himself were to live on the timeline, then uh, now these things take on new weight because you have the author the, the, of the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that in them are. Um, you have that guy uh, demonstrating how one should behave as a creature in a created world. Uh, one who has all the authority, who can change the, the, the rules of the game at any time, but does and yeah. this will get on the, the the nature of God. Like God is immutable; He's unchangeable, he, and His mm-hmm. ways won't change. Right. So, um, but as this uh, as above, so below, we recreate the hierarchy that we see in the heavenly realms. Yeah. We recreate that down here, but we take Yahweh off the throne and we put ourselves there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that leads to the next, or that leads to the next one: solve coagula. Right. So we need to dissolve and then bring together. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to break away from His rule. And we're going to build a rule unto ourselves. And so, it's, obviously, none of these phrases uh, were ever really intended to, to fit kind of together like this. Like, nobody sat down, like, let's fit these together like yeah. this. But it's it's obvious that they, they represent kind of like the sign of the times in each of these different uh, epochs of time. And so, the next one would be um, uh, order up cow, mm-hmm. right? So order out of chaos. That's well known in like Masonic circles, mm-hmm. right? So they're gonna they're gonna create the chaos, yeah. and then out of that chaos, they're gonna provide the order, and everybody's gonna look to them as a hero. Mm-hmm. And so, so out of the chaos of living in rebellion against Yahweh as creatures in a created world. Um, now you're going to get this idea of like, well, that's chaotic. And so once we break away, uh, once we've solve a coagulate, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
now we can do the next phase. Yeah, so both of those can be like in one too, right? Like all these revolutions and stuff that we talk about kind of in uh, a civilian and stuff like that too. Mm. You have the Solve Coagula, which would be like, you know, you're going to you're gonna do something, uh, uh, yeah. you're going to tear something down and build it yeah. uh, better. And then in while doing that, you're going to create a chaos. And out of that, yeah. that whatever is going to come yep. out would be, yep. yeah. The order that you originally uh-huh. uh, designed. Yeah. Right? So... And you're going to do that using mm-hmm. thesis, antithesis, yeah. <laughs> frameworks to provide problem reaction. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, uh, if we take <laughs> it, right? So, yeah. hey, stay away from your parents, family, and all that stuff. You yeah. might kill them. But then also, hey, let's get together to bid yeah. this thing and go yeah. get get the, do your part. You yeah. know, hey, we have to so go and get the... This this deliberate confusing and conflation of terms, right? So, God is not the God of uh, um, confusion. Yeah. And so, when you get two, two separate, throng, uh, like, kind of like um, avenues of thought that seem to be saying the same thing, like, hey, um, let's let's stick together by staying separate, right? Yeah. So it's like <laughs> things that kind of like, uh, you, you know, it's creating like a, you know, that's funny, a double-minded man is mm-hmm. unstable in all his ways. This, this That's a, um, from, the, from the biblical text, but out of the chaos that's, um, mm-hmm. that brings about this order that, uh, they want to kind of refashion the world in their own uh, brand, so to speak. Um, you get this idea of the phoenix arising, right? So the ashes that are created from this uh, solve coagula and this uh, chaos, uh, uh, you get this idea of that they will uh, rise victorious from the ashes, right? And so once they do that, now they're going to do what? Create a novus ordo seclarum, a new order of, of the ages, ages mm-hmm. right? So. Um, in which Yahweh is no longer the supreme being, uh, somebody else, because mm-hmm. they're they're doing this in effigy to somebody else. They they have a inspiration for this entire project that they're yeah. they're undertaking, and so the next piece is e pluribus unim. Out of many, they're going to make one, and so now we see that you know if it, if it's the Savillan podcast, that's clearly the uh, a reference to the united nations right so um because it's in the united nations that all the nations of the world are represented um i don't think that's going to go away anytime soon yeah and um the idea at the tower of babel was the the world was one and they had one language and so god confuses the language he d- divides the borders and boundaries of the people he numbers them according to the number of the sons of god um, uh, we get the table of nations in Genesis, so there's 70 nations, so presumably 70 sons are placed over those nations, and they have specific borders and boundaries and certain people groups. And so uh, in ancient times, you were, you were kind of identified by which language you spoke and which God you served, mm-hmm. right? So uh, going forward on the timeline, it, it's, it's no different. Um, uh, we just got more nuanced over time. And so the next piece of that is like a, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, just a, a newt coeptus, or it's this idea of he, uh, who, who's he? So uh, you'll hear that you know it's God that in favor that favors our endeavors, right? But who, who's who's the God that they're referring to? And so clearly it's not the God of Israel, it's not Yahweh, mm-hmm. right? So who is it? So it's the original divine rebel, the one that kind of got for mankind this whole ball rolling in rebellion against Yahweh. And so as we go through, uh, you get 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 will kind of like um, uh, tell us exactly who it is. So he says, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, But even if uh, the gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. 
And so, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, that, that's going to be an important thing as we go through later, uh, what, what exactly that is, uh, should shine in them mm-hmm. or shine upon them. And so you get this idea that there's this war that rages between the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. And so it's it's interesting because, you know, um, this this light and dark motif mm-hmm. is like a major theme throughout the Old and New Testament and uh, in the ancient or the occult world as well. And so... Um, Light is darkness visible, according mm-hmm. to the Masonic uh, <laughs> um, uh, statements, and so, um, so the, with the civilian landscape we cover, and this this next piece is on the back of the civilian hoodie, right? So we say, uh, to implement the new world order in, in the secular sense, the kingdom of the Antichrist in the biblical sense, they have a tactic, right? Mm-hmm. So this tactic, you know, that they're using is thesis, antithesis, synthesis frameworks to provide problem, reaction, solution scenarios. In a two-phase Fabianistic revolution, one violent, one non-violent, to implement the social justice of the common good by stealth and secrecy through peace and politics by the four stages of ideological subversion, demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. And they're using pincer military tactics, pinching the majority through politicians and protesters to get complete government control over all private property, the means of production, and all avenues of trade, providing this this oligarchical collectivism uh, and the Rhodes Milner Roundtable Group's global governance. Through what? Through the World Federation of Nations, through the United Nations, to bring about a new world order, a global government, a one world religion under the Pax Romana. And so there's some, there are a lot of hits in there where we're kind of <laughs> going with all this stuff. Uh, Pax Romana, that's a play on, you know... Um, uh, this whole idea of um, uh, today we have the Pax Americana, mm-hmm. which is dying out, right? So it, it's a it's a apoptosis, it's programmed death for the the, the for U.S. hegemony or the U.S. Uh, being a sole superpower in the world. And so you get this idea that you know they've already announced the World Economic Forum it's the exit plan for America, it's the yeah. exit strategy mm-hmm. for America uh, supremacy by yeah. 2030. And so with that, you get, you know, that phrase that we just mentioned is on the back of our, uh, it's called the blueprint that's on the back of our uh, civility. And so, um, but that's the secular version of this, uh, this history or this story. So this is exemplified in the biblical narrative in Revelation 13, 16. And so we have a quote from Revelation 13. He calls us all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or their forehead. And no one may buy or sell except who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number, it's the number of man, which is, uh, his number is six, six, and six. And so that number is a very important number that has very um, important occultic or secret knowledge type um uh, data associated with it, and so um, we should probably um, note that that magic uh, is a major part of uh, of, of masonry, and uh, it's a major part of like this whole occult movement uh, because uh, you're going to get this idea that intertwined with that aspect is the ancient occult knowledge that, that was developed and passed down through the mystery mm-hmm. religions to today. And so to see how all that plays out, we'll have to get some, to some um, uh, some of the Masonic sources mm-hmm. later, of which we have like 
Um, I don't even know how long it'll take us yeah, to get on yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. So basically, quote mining. Uh, yeah, what I like is that you know a lot of this stuff that uh, now the magic would be looked at as entertainment, right? So even so, if you tell somebody like, uh-huh. oh, you know, hey. Um, Magic is a big part of that. You already can be dismissed. Oh, you mean the guy that can pull out a, a rabbit from the hat? Yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah. all of, all of that. So so all of this stuff is kind of like um, it has its roots. If you're following God, King, Father, Friend, it has its roots in the Watchers, the the sons of God who take on the daughters of men. That aspect, um, because in the Enochian story, it's uh, it's the Watcher guys that teach mankind all of these sacred mm-hmm, arts, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and then you know the occult guys would say like, hey, you know, like. In the biblical narrative, we preserved all of that stuff. So you're, you're, the stories that you're reading, those are allegories mm-hmm. of like you know bigger stories or for the adepts or those that are in the know, the initiated. We really know what those stories mean, and they're passing down the secret knowledge that's embedded. Um, and, and so you get all these phrases by like Albert Pike, you know, the the <laughs> talking about like the the, the symbols of, of the adepts always mm-hmm. become like the the idols of of the ignorant, right? So. Um, and so they, they would say that, oh, you know, you're following these type of narratives and clearly you're ignorant. You don't know what any of these things mean. There's a whole esoteric knowledge mm-hmm. that's built in there. And its purpose is to deceive you. The, yeah. Those who think that they know don't know, right? The whole and idea. The idea is that even the ones that are initiated, not all of them know. There's certain degrees that you have to <laughs> get to. And then, then you'll uh, uh, you'll be... Um, now you deserve this uh, level of knowledge or, you know, yeah, now we'll give you It's the... interesting you mentioned degrees, mm-hmm. right? So 32 is the, the freezing, freezing point of mm-hmm. water. A mason that's of the 32nd degree, he's frozen until he's, you know, becomes the, the, the 33rd or active. Um, and so get, getting to, to uh, you know, why things are broken down into mm-hmm. degrees at all, mm-hmm. right? So why is temperature and degrees? Yeah. Why is like, so the, these, a lot of the stuff is like Masonic concepts yeah. that come, you know, down to us, right? So Yeah, see, that's the crazy part. So you, imagine you say that, like, oh, you you mean the, because the water, is, we're not saying it. That's yeah, what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, no, that's a good catch, right? Because it, it wouldn't be me. That's, yeah, that's it, like, hmm, this I, is not I, Jeremy I, saying, oh, <laughs> water freezes at 32 they yeah. have 33 degrees. Yeah. Oh, that's what yeah. it is. They frozen see, see, until that, they that's know. A, that's a good catch, right? So, so in, in casual conversation, you just say stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Like, cause I, I, I mean, I know you, what you yeah, mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you don't just come up with stuff. It's like, oh, <laughs> probably they do this. Yeah. So, so, so what we, if, if we say stuff like that for, for that subject, uh-huh. though, here, here's where they say it. Right? Yeah. So it's not me saying it's Wilmhurst or uh-huh. something like that that says it. Right. So, um, I, I would, I would show that like, oh, here, here's where they say mm-hmm. that. Right. So here, here's what they mean by these rites and by these rituals. Yeah. Here's what's known as the secret doctrine. Here's the, here's what a master Mason really means. Um, it, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, so, so getting into all that, that that's way later on the, uh, on both the new world order yeah. and the, uh, on the civilian and uh-huh. the God King Father. Especially Freemasonry. It's like relatively very, it's like a, they're brand new. Pretty yeah, much, yeah, you know, so from the, in, in, the, yeah. in the story, mm-hmm. yeah, they'd, be, they'd be like, uh, you know, if you look at geologic yeah, time yeah. <laughs> type of thing, right? So yeah. they would be extremely Their surface lever, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, but, you know, they, they would, they would, um, uh, Masonized history, though they would yeah. tell you know going all the way back, you know the the builders of the Tower of Babel were Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what they're going to say. Uh-huh. And so so I have all those quotes too, right? So um, it, 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 there's multiple like mm-hmm. that, that make that claim, right? And so like uh, <laughs> Jeremy from uh, God King Father Friend podcast says that the Bible of Tower uh, or the <laughs> <laughs> Tower of Babel was built by Masons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, so the the good thing is like um, you know like. 
um, it, it feels good to be able to, like, oh, it's say stuff like casual. I'm like, oh, it, it's not me that's it. Yeah. I hate the, the idea that, like, uh, I would be the source of, yeah, of that. Yeah. Right? So I, I would just be, like, a, a source for the reference. Like, oh, that's found here or mm-hmm. this idea is found there. Right? Yeah. So, and then you're just kind of like, um, kind of like you get the puzzle and you yeah. look at the front of the box and, like, okay, this is the idea. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you pour the puzzle out and, like, okay, this piece goes here, this piece. And eventually you get the entire yeah. picture together. Right? So that that's all I'm doing. So taking all these different pieces, like, hey, here's what masonry says hey here's what all of these other sources say right here's 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 how we can know like um from an official narrative of what we're told here's how we can know like "Mm, this is probably not really real this is probably what happened over here Mm -hmm. and with more sources that are more early or earlier um more um uh, i guess uh, sustainable sustainable sources i guess i would say and so, um, continuing with our, our thinking here, so um, this whole kingdom of darkness versus kingdom of light thing is kind of continued with, you know, um, people want to live to live in, to, in to live in darkness is, is is trying to live independently of Yahweh, who mm-hmm. is the source of life. He's the source of wisdom. He would be the source of, of those moral ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, because his nature is unchanging, it's immutable. Um, then those 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 characteristics would never change, right? It, 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 None of those things would ever flip, and they wouldn't be relative to to whatever circumstance, right? So, um, but you get this idea: if you're flipping all of this stuff, then it's do as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And so, it, within do as thou wilt, well, as long as I don't hurt you or yeah. inflict suffering upon you or any other sentient type being, then it must be okay in some sense. And so you, you start getting these rational justifications. And then, as it would say in, in the biblical text, you know, you're not to lean onto your own understanding, yeah. but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct mm-hmm. your paths. Um, it's interesting that, you know, the sons of God, uh, a term that's used for them is watcher. You know, that term is you know, matzare in, in, in other language. Um, the matzare? Matzare, yeah. That these guys don't sleep, right? So they're they're ever watching. They're, 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 they don't miss anything. So you get this idea that um, the actions of, of mankind are being recorded in meticulous detail and so you know that's a phrase that is going to pop up later with jesus he goes every idle word that man shall speak they shall give an account thereof on the day of judgment and then you get like the judgment language like uh, who's gonna uh, who's all involved in this judgment thing so you're gonna get like um, or you know, later is like obviously Yahweh, the God of Israel, is is the the head honcho. Mm-hmm. He's doing all the judging, uh, and now you get the this this vice regent character, the second Yahweh, the second power, who in the Old Testament has a, the the same titles as Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the New Testament, he is the, the, he's the the son of God as the monogenes. He's the mm-hmm. one of a kind son of God. He's the one in whom in whom Yahweh's name indwells. Right, so you're gonna get you know yeah. uh, as, as we go. through I mean, here. there's a lot of stuff, right? We even like the we had conversations about like what even judgment is and all that stuff. Yeah. It's not like looking at somebody's like mm, look at you, right? That's <laughs> right. not what you're gonna. <laughs> that's what's gonna That's happen. making an assessment yeah. uh-huh. how you treat them exactly. is the judgment. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and then. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the. Yeah. I was gonna say everybody with the tattoo. That says only God can judge me. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah congratulations. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty probably a bad idea to put it there, but that's all right. Yeah, you're right. So I mean, we we can kind of wrap this one up, and then um, we'll we'll pick it up on. Yeah, uh, we're. I think we're already over an hour. Yeah. In, in order not to make this super long and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So um, with that being said. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thank you. Do all that good stuff when it comes to like, subscribe, and everything. Mm-hmm. Now you have to say ring a bell too. 
don't yeah, know yeah. what that means, but you know, these YouTubers no, are that's saying what it. Yeah, yeah. That's, what that's what the cool kids <laughs> yeah. are saying these days. I mean, yeah. apparently on YouTube now, the subscription doesn't really matter based on okay. like the algorithms. They'll they'll still show the video. It won't. But if you ring the bell, then it will tell them that no, I want to be notified when the video is posted. Mm, so okay. if you want to uh, be notified when the video is posted, ring that bell. You can support a podcast by going to patreon.com slash iconic that the iconic podcast mm-hmm. or uh you can go to the iconic label.com and you can purchase the hoodies yeah. or i mean you don't you don't have to get this one but you know right, <laughs> yeah, yeah surveilling an iconic podcast mm-hmm. or this uh, would be yeah, yeah good gauge too to see like you know yeah like where people are coming from yeah so, like if this ones are being sold more yeah, then yeah. it will it will be the idea yeah. too so if you want to support this podcast yeah. separately because at some point we will probably separate them too right yeah they, they need to be so maybe even like a, a separate channel yeah uh, perhaps um we have to see how it's gonna go uh-huh. yeah. yeah and then um are we missing anything else i think that's it for now yeah all the links and all stuff like that yeah. i will leave them below you can go hoo.b who.b slash iconic yeah. all the links to They'll everything else yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When, in other platforms and everything too yeah, yeah. all right thanks for watching yeah. i appreciate it bye